Welcome to the show, everyone. This is an interview I did with Chinzo Machida in May 2021. We talk about his family's martial art, Machida Karate, training his brother, UFC champion Lyoto Machida, different training concepts, and much more. Enjoy the show. Hello, sir. Hello. Hi, Don. It's very nice to talk to you guys here and your public and your audience. For me, it's a pleasure to be here to talk. On the show, I love to kind of go through like the whole story um, you know, kind of sort of like your origin story, if you will, or your background. And uh, I'm going to pop pictures in as we go through. So if you get some cool memories, definitely feel free. Uh, but karate, and, and specifically Machida karate, has been a major part of your life, your whole life. You, your father, your Shinzo Machida, your brothers, Lyoto Take. What was that like growing up with that as just a major stable of your life? Yeah, for me, it's very natural, yeah, especially because my father is a karate master, you know, he's a karate Shotokan master. So me and my brothers were always involved with my my father's career as an instructor, and he teach us, and he was always involved with the, the big master of karate, like a Japanese master, like a master Asai, wow. master Tanaka, so Yamamoto. So those guys all world champion in karate. So for us, it's very, become a very natural to become like a part of the martial arts and to start karate through my father became a very natural for not only for me, but for me, my brother Yoto, my other brother Taki as well. So I think his Kenzo is a, my youngest brother. So he became until purple belts. But after he quit karate and started journalists, you know, he's he trained a little bit before as a hobby, but he's a journalist in CNN in Brazil. Wow. That's amazing. What I've always loved about you guys, because usually in like MMA, it's like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, wrestling, boxing, Muay Thai kickboxing. And it's like those are the main four. And I love that you guys brought this, not just karate to it, but this traditional style. Plus you have your own Jiu-Jitsu and even some sumo techniques. Can you go into some of your training philosophies and also Machida karate? Yeah, because we will... In Berlin, in Berlin do Pará is uh, our hometown. Is I uh, have a huge Japanese community there. So, oh, wow. and there is a lot of like a sumo tournament there in the wow. Japanese community. And when I was like a nine, ten years old, and my brother as well, you participate in this tournament. So, <clears throat> and I didn't continue because I was so skinny, and everybody threw me <laughs> out of the this this the circle. Or very like a very easy. But my brother Yoru, he continued this, like a Japanese wrestling sumo. And when I was like uh, 15, 16 years old, you start jiu-jitsu in our academy. Because our academy is oh. like a martial arts academy. So you had kendo, you had karate, you have judo. And when, it, when the jiu-jitsu, because jiu-jitsu was creating in Belém do Pará by Mr. Maeda, you know, Mr. Kondikon. Yeah. He the yeah. first fought. He the first place he touched jujitsu was there. And Carlos Gracie, he one of the his students learning Belém, and he took yeah. jujitsu to the Rio de Janeiro. So and jujitsu came back to Belém, our hometown, when I was like a 15, 16 years old, and he started training jujitsu as well, as a part of our like a martial arts training, not only karate, you no, know? and. And after that, you become like a more know how to fight on the ground, how to wrestle a little bit too. So this, you're going to mix it up. But our 
focusing karate. Karate is the, the discipline that you never stop training. And when I was like about that age, you have a lot of friends, jiu-jitsu start like a boom in, in our in our city. And everybody start training jiu-jitsu, especially the young guys. You know? yeah. And they, they tend to be, oh, jiu-jitsu is the best martial art. You see the Royce Grace, he beat everybody yeah. in the UFC. And we are like, a, okay, I respect what I'm saying, but no, jiu-jitsu is not the, the, the best martial arts. Yeah. I think you don't have the best martial arts, the best, you have the best fighter. No, jiu-jitsu is the best one. Okay, so let's train, let's train with your eyes. And you put like a Sunday, you open the academy and you put our, like uh, the people from our school and you train together and the people try to grab us and you, you hit them. Sometimes they, they put us down, but sometimes you hit them. So you start to understand how those guys like uh, the wrestling eyes and how you can yeah. control more the distance and you have to find the, how to defend the take it out, find the timing to counter them. So that's start our, like, uh, our, like, uh, be more involved with mixed martial arts. It's amazing. It makes so much sense to cross train or be well-rounded. How important is that? in your mindset or philosophies wise, as far as being cross-trained and good on your feet, on the ground, everywhere? I think it's very important, especially because before the UFC, everybody was like uh, defending their martial arts. Oh, my martial arts is, right. is the best one. Or they were like, oh, my martial arts is the best one. But after the UFC, you can see like uh, which one is more realistic, you know, like a more practical, in the real scenario against the fights between two people. So even the jiu-jitsu is not the, the best one if you're going to do it by itself. In karate, the same. You have to like a, make a combination about those martial arts to become a, a, a complete martial artist. You know? Yes. And also is that they work in the self-defense as well. Because sometimes you need to punch. Sometimes you need to kick. But sometimes right. you need to use your grappling just to neutralize the person instead you beat them up. So I think to be a complete is very important. So for that reason, you create our system based in Shotokan Karate, but not with the closed mind. You open for wow. everything. So you do like a striking, you do grappling, you do the ground game as well, the self-defense parts to make like a more complete, you know, because after you get into the MMA, you realize that our karate, our traditional Shotokan karate is very effective, yeah. but also there is a lot of gap that is the traditional karate they don't cover, like uh, the self-defense parts, yeah. like uh, the, the grappling parts, you no. Know? But and you create this system that you make our students feel more confident and like, uh, oh, okay, I feel more confidence to learn this system because it's more practical and more functional system. Because like uh, through our experience and through yeah. our experience also in Shotokan Karate that you have through my father, you develop this system you know, to make it more effective and more practical karate. That makes so much sense because I'm sure it's not just karate. It's even Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, at least right in the U.S. And Things have become very, very sport because, you know, obviously that's the challenge, the competition, which is healthy and good. But a lot of schools do lose sight of the self-defense 
aspect. Go to Machida Karate because all that aspect is in there. The self-defense, ground, stand-up, all that's encompassing. What inevitably made you and your brother want to go towards MMA? Was it the challenge of it or is it the showcase, uh, your style? What was the reason for you guys? Yeah, you are different. You no, know? My brother, Yoto, he always want to be a professional fighter. Uh, at the beginning of his career, as uh, he was like, like, uh, like he's he's gonna be like a little bit outstanding in the wrestling uh, sumo. He's supposed to go to Japan to become a professional in sumo. Oh, what? Yeah, but my 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 mom said no, no. You are still like a 14, 15 years old. No, you don't go to sumo. Uh, okay. And he's okay when he after he saw the horse grace, he, he told himself to himself, Oh, I want to be like an MMA fighter at the time. Is they call the valitude, you know, that's yeah. what I want to be. And and since since he was like a 15 years old, he put this in his mind, I want to be a MMA fighter, a professional MMA fighter. For me, no, I mean, a little bit different. I'm gonna be a, a professional karate guy. No, so I want to be like an instructor, but I want to compete as much as I can in karate. So I want to learn how to teach better, how to like uh, help other people that through karate improve their life. You no, know? so you came a little bit with a different like a purpose. My brother want to be a fighter, and I want to be more a karate guy. Like a, at the time, I, I was a fighter, karate fighter, but also karate instructor. So we came from same direction, but with different like a purpose. Uh, I start helping my brother since he's the fight number one in his MMA. I I train him or uh, I I train him. I prepare him to use his karate. And for yeah. for him, it doesn't matter if you're gonna use karate, if you're gonna use jujitsu, if you're gonna use anything. You wanna win the fight. I mean, for me, yeah. I want to make him use karate. Yoro, use karate. Yeah. This is your unique style. And he was, oh, okay, okay, but I want to I wanna win anyway. Okay, I know. So if you can see the first fight of Yoro is in Japan against the Japanese guy called Kengo Watanabe. Oh, Yoro, yes. Yeah, Yoro was doing good, he stand, but when he had the opportunity, he took the guy to the floor because the guy didn't know jiu-jitsu and start doing his jiu-jitsu a little bit. And after I saw, I, I was with him that fight, but after I saw that, I said, Yoro, you're, pretty, you're not bad in jiu-jitsu, but your karate is a different level. So when you fought that guy, yeah. I realized you got him many times, but I don't know what the reason you put this guy to the ground, if you can finish the fight in stand, in stand up. Yeah, yeah. He said, oh, yeah, because sometimes I don't feel so comfortable. So I put the guy to the ground to finish the fight, but the guy defended pretty well, too. Yeah, because your jiu-jitsu is not amazing as your karate, you no? Know? Interesting. So for some point, the guy is going to defend. So let's explore more your karate. So I start emphasize this more and more to, to his head, to put his head. And when he came to the second fight against Stefan Bonner, yeah, the oh, jungle yes. fight. The jungle fight. Yoro, don't forget, you're gonna fight this guy. Stand. And Yoro yeah. say, Yoro told me, no, but if I put him to the ground, it's not a problem. too. you will know this guy is a Castle Grace black belt. Yeah, I'm not gonna tell you you have a problem on the ground with him, 
But if you have your karate, your karate is a different level. Why, level. why you go to the ground with the, the, the other guys a black belt in jiu-jitsu? You're going to create your own problem. Let's yeah. fight this guy stand because the guy don't, they don't want to find you. You have, a, you have a good distance. You have a good time. But at the time, the other is not so confident in his karate. No, but I put his mind, no, you can't go. Stand, stand. Don't go to the ground. And every time the guy get it, you're just you're to punish him and punish him, and you're to break his all face here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the judge, the judge stop the fight, and you're start getting more confidence in his karate because my goal is, is a karate all the time. I focus in karate in my whole life, and you're he focus in karate, but he trained more other discipline, jujitsu, sumo, and karate as well. Yeah. But as my main point only karate, I saw when I watch, I saw a lot of gaps, a lot of opportunity that Yoro can take advantage for that. You know? And Yoro yeah. after this fight, he believed more in his technique and he beat like a Richie Franklin and after BJ Penn. And he's gonna create more confidence that, you know? Yeah. Because I knew it's already there until he became a champion. So and my and my thing is become an MMA fighter because I wanna like a challenge myself. Yes. Okay. How can I? How I help my brother? And how I I I'm telling you to do this, to do that, do it. If I don't prove, like a, I wanna feel that energy. That's how is yeah. the real thing, you no? Know? And I yeah. start participating in jungle fight. I start participating in in LFA, Bellator. So this is for me is a how can I develop my karate to become more effective against those guys wrestling jujitsu in everything you not know, to be like a more more complete and you create you develop the system you know, from through this experience and you know testing it for testing real like it. yes for you yes. That's amazing. And you have speaking of being in MMA fighting Bellator, you had many victories in there as well. This particular fight with Brian Wood, this knee, oh my goodness. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. To, maybe the untrained eye that looked like maybe you're just feeling the fight out. This is a trained technique, much like when your brother made famous the, the front kick. But these are trained techniques. Can you walk us through that Brian Wood fight and when you knew that timing was right for that knee? Yeah, actually it's very interesting because I remember that I didn't fight so much fight from Brian Woods. But the thing is, in Japanese, there is one word called mushin. Mushin is a state of mind that is going to be like uh, able to act and react immediately. But for that, you cannot have thoughts in your mind. Like you cannot have, like, oh, I'm going to win or I'm going to lose. Oh, there is a lot of people watching me. If I do this, yeah. it could be happy days. You're going to hesitate and you're going to telegraph your movement when you do that. Yeah. So when you're going to be in the state of whooshing, you're going to focus to the present. And when you are focused to the present, if you are well-trained, you can capitalize like a small movement from your opponents. You know? And you're going to feel the moments. You're going to feel the time to do that. This is not every time you can feel that. You have to be in that state. That's in Japanese you call whooshing. In order you are being machine, you're able to feel the energy and feel the power and the the moments, the timing, because it's very like a it's very short gap. 
But yes. when you are so focused, this you're gonna feel the fight and you're gonna capitalize and you're gonna do that. So that's happened with the knee. No, the knee. Every time when I do my technique, the guy shoot to my legs. No, shoot to my leg. So yeah. the distance was a little bit far, but I feel I feel the moment. No, okay, I think this guy is gonna come now, and I just act. I just act. Get action. Boom. I don't don't give it to my mind like if I go the guy grab me this and gonna do this no yeah. you just feel the fight and pop this is happened and sometimes after the fight you come to yourself and say hey, why I did that knee even me I don't understand sometimes why I did that knee because yeah. you are so present there so you don't remember it. you just feel the mo the momentum and you boom do it there is a yeah. fight too that's happened to me that I start thinking too much you no. Know? Oh, I cannot lose. I can. I, oh, I, if I do that, the guy gonna do. It. And usually, it's not gonna be a good fight. It, this happened to me already. So okay. when I go to my fight, when I go to the challenge, I try to be more like a presence and and see the everything that I'm in there. Try to avoid all the thoughts that come to my mind. That's so amazing because you're almost like basically defeating yourself before you even step in the cage or ring. Oh, yeah, Mushin, is that just like years of Training that's you have to train is a three aspect that you have to train you have to train your mind like a meditation and yeah. During the training you keep focus you No, know? you have to train your technique because you have to be sharper to be able to use a technique Otherwise yeah. it's not gonna be connect and for sure your your body is a tie the shingi tie the three words The tie should be very good very good condition you no know, to apply that you have to be fast we have to be like a, have more endurance to make you be able to use those things. So it's a it's a combination. It's not only one aspect by itself. Amazing, amazing. And the other thing is always fascinated me. I mean, I haven't done karate since I was a little kid. You know, I saw Karate Kid one day, and I <laughs> like everybody else. But kata, kata has always piqued my interest. I always thought it was very interesting. Not only do you have practice kata but you also are doing putting mitts on and doing the live actual sparring and things like that can you go into kata the purpose of it how much that would help many practitioners and go into also the sparring aspect oh look at look at me this is my personal opinion okay mm -hmm. maybe the other karate guys maybe they're not gonna like they're not gonna enjoy what i'm talking about this i'm a graduating shoroka i trained my whole life a lot of katas okay but i never like uh, for me, never makes sense to do training so much katas. Kata for me is good. I like sometimes to do katas because the focus in my movement, focus yeah. in, in my in my form, you know, focus in my concentration is is beautiful movement, is an art, like arts, but it's not necessary you learn kata to be able to fight, to be able to defend yourself. Okay. It's not necessary you learn kata to make you to make your karate good. No. You can you can be a good like a karate guy, you can be a good defense yourself, yeah, protect yourself without learning any kata. But kata is is, is good because you train your movement, you you create a little bit more how can I say the form is gonna be better, the yeah. transition of the movement. No, the coordination, but this you cannot relate this to the fight. It's completely different. And 
now I can see people even with karate sometimes, karate master or people talking about the bunkai. Bunkai is a, the explanation about the meaning of the movement from kata. Oh, this movement is, means this. So they have a different interpretation of the movement, but most of the movement from kata, when they try to explain the meaning of this, the application of this, they don't make sense. The form is completely different wow. than the application. No? So, for example, if you do like a, the elbow, you do one and two this, okay? So, this makes more sense go this way. But there is one kata that you call basaida. You go here and do this, like a, both hands. You go here, or the hand go there. And people say, no, this is a this is a wrestling double leg because you grab and do this. You grab and do this. But why Why they don't show like a very similar as a double leg? Like, grab, the, grab the leg and do this. Why they show the punch? Yeah. Why they show the punch instead you you show the real double leg, correct? Yeah. Like a, for, me, for me, to be honest, doesn't make sense. No, like a, right. doesn't make sense. Why? Why they do that? Because for the art, for the art is okay. I respect that. But uh, don't, don't, don't come to me and let me. This is oh, you. This is kata is prepare you for the fight. No, you is not necessary. It's not necessary to learn kata. No, the yeah. other guy, the other guy, like a. The other guy show me one like the picture sometimes. Oh, you see, like uh, Conor McGregor, this or Conor oh, McGregor, John, John, John Jones, this that movement, and that movement is part of kata. I think as one one elbow, the picture one elbow. Oh, this is a this is a kata. This is a a, a fourth kata. This and you see, they, like a uh, John Jones did that kata. I know, for see, yeah. kata is so important. But what if John Jones never did a kata and he's applied this elbow? Oh, and, yeah. the, and the karate guy, they do the elbow in kata, but they don't know how to apply this in the practical situation. No? Yeah. Why you need to learn that to become effective for the fight? You understand what I mean? Like for me, doesn't, yeah, doesn't, but. I respect that I'm still doing katas, mm -hmm. but not with the purpose of the self-defense. The purpose of to make my forms better, to to do the transition of the movement, yeah. no, to do like a like a like a the moving vegetation, the movement to focus to myself. Then I do my kata. But for our students, we don't teach the traditional katas. No, you have like a some movement very similar, but it's different. The whole movement you do it is movement for the fight. The fight stands and punch. But yeah. It's like a kata, but kata more practical. That makes so much sense. It's more realistic with that live application. And on BJJ Fanatics, you have an amazing how to spar safely. You also have the highly anticipated front kick. I mean, everybody's looking forward to that one. You have secrets to breaking the opponent's balance. It's so huge with breaking the balance and setting things up. And the footwork, it's so important in fighting in general. Can you go into the Machida Karate side of things with how important footwork is? Yeah, footwork is not only Machida Karate. Machida Karate also because you create the methodology you know, that you can learn the whole process. You have like a the space, the master, like a, the master series of footwork. You have this in our Machida Karate. 
Yeah. So, but all karate, they come a lot of, if they can do, you know, they can do like a footwork, yeah. a lot of movement comes from these two. So you have a lot of combination of they go in and out, go side by side, you can circle as well. So you can move back to, to control the distance because in, during the fights, whoever control the distance, control the fights. Right, right, yeah. And to have the better control about the fight, if you have a good footwork, you have a better, better control of the distance. So, because if you have a good footwork, you're going to control the distance. Who controls the distance? Controls the fights. So, wow. that is very important to become a very, like, effective, very master in this footwork. I think it's very important, no? Because if you, yeah. you have, a, like, a 1,000 pounds here, but you don't touch the guy, it's not practical, no? It's so yeah. power here, but you, you don't know how to your distance, you don't know how to use your footwork to connect that. Interesting. And you and your brother and, and your family, you have an amazing stance, a fighting stance, even for MMA. And I know you guys are really hard to take down, evasive, but this, this is all trained techniques. You go into posture, because there was a very interesting picture you had on your social media, speaking of Conor McGregor, where he had this more karate stance and all of a sudden more of a boxer stance and things didn't work out the same. Uh, thoughts on that? Yeah, because like... Uh, well, for example, the Conor McGregor, you know, when he started fighting the UFC, he came with a more karate posture and he bouncing in and out. So this is very, very similar to karate. His distance was amazing, the time as well. So what's happened is very difficult people touch him. Sometimes touch, but they don't let get it to full power again. No, right, right. But when he started training more boxing, he changed his posture to more days. So, and the distance before he was here, and now he's getting a little bit here. When you are a close distance, you can hit faster, but also the other guy has a better target, has a better aim here because both of the oh, guys yeah. all the time in the collision here. You know, so it's dangerous. And if you, if you, Take, you, you are taking so much risk. When you're talking about the posture here, yeah. your weight is on the front leg. So that is making it yeah. difficult to move back and to have a back reaction. You, you can move your head quickly like a boxing guy, yeah. but to move back is difficult because your center of gravity is all on the front leg. So to wow. make you move faster, to escape from the opponent's techniques, is gonna be late, and your reaction is gonna be late. Not because you, you work, but because your position. So the position you are make it difficult to move in and out. So wow. and that in yeah. the specific that fight, they are so close. And Conor McGregor was a little bit more in the boxing posture. The kick is coming to his leg, and he's not able to defend because when he see the kick is coming, oh, the kick like, is yeah. so close. Yeah. It's already there. No, yeah. When he use the karate posture, he can see the whole targets. He can see the whole fighter, and he has the better peripheral vision. Peripheral vision when you see yes. not the center, you see everything. You see, you see the leg. You see the, you see the hip. You see the shoulder. Why? Because boxing is not allowed to kick, so you can see only that part right. here. Right. But in order you can kick, the distance tend to open more. 
You that understand? But so if you're going to be in the box distance, you're going to be so much exposed, especially for the kick. doesn't matter the low kick or body kick, everything. Wow, that makes so much sense, too. Even it's just boxing because you have that more peripheral, and that's how a lot of guys get pegged. It's not just the one punch. It's a, it's a combo, and it comes from the side. Or mm-hmm. Yes, uh, that makes so much sense. And, and it was it 2016, you opened up the headquarters in Lomita, California here, and it looks like an absolutely beautiful facility, specifically with karate or even other traditional martial arts in MMA. Because you do see you, your brother, Wonderboy Thompson's bringing karate in there. Anthony Pettis is more like Taekwondo. You're starting to see more things like this. Because usually the kickboxing or whatnot is usually more like Muay Thai based. How do you see the future of karate in MMA? I think the, 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 the future of karate in MMA is, is the real future. You know? I think more people is going to start doing more karate. Because uh, Karate, you can, if you, as I mentioned before, if you manage the distance and the time, you get it like a less damage and you can like uh, hit the person, hit the opponent like uh, with easily without like you get so much damage. And also you can combine this with wrestling and jiu-jitsu as well. So for me, I, I think it is. But I think it's still few people do karate MMA. Small people become more interesting but mm-hmm. because karate is not easy, you no, know, because you have to combine like a footwork, combine like a, the, the, the distance and the timing. So, and you are like a little bit more longer distance than Muay Thai and kickboxing. It's not so easy to manage that. But once you get that point, you're going to get advantage compared to other fighters. Because if you're going to manage this distance and the time, you're going to, Good to better. One example is this: is a uh, Patricio Pitbull is a is a Bellator champion. Yeah. He he hired a karate guy. He's very good. Mano Santana. He Mano Santana trained him a lot, you know, and he beat Michael Chandler. You know, he beat the other yeah. guys yeah. too, you know, and he used the timing and used the the distance, and the people didn't understand well, what this guy did. And he can read the all movement of his opponents. So I think it's if more people are interested to practice karate, I think they're going to take more advantage. So yeah. in the future, I think it's much more people is going to become more interesting because so far you have my brother, you, know, you have like Steve Thompson, you have like a Michael Page, you know, those guys all like a karate guys. That's is a, even the Whitaker. Whitaker he has a karate background yeah. too. You can see he's going in and out, you no. Know? So yeah. I think is more people is going to become more interesting. I hope. Yeah, oh, it just seems like that to me because it seems more laser precision, so to speak. And so many people just bite down on the mouth guard and just like they just start going at it. And yeah. There's a manliness and a funness to that, or, you know, the challenge of that. But it, you know, just being a smart fighter and a professional, just more the techniques, like you're saying, the footwork, posture, makes so much sense. I wanted to ask you specifically for your training, whether it was just growing up, training since day one, born with a gi on, right? <laughs> uh, no, I started four years old. I was four years old. About four? You know, all the way through, you competed karate, you competed in MMA. What has been your biggest challenge? My biggest challenge like, uh, is become like uh, the transition, you no? Know? Like I become like a from karate to become like a... Uh, I mean, a fighter because is is for me. We need like a lot of research, a lot of training, 
but with a different, like, uh, how can I say, different purpose. One, you're going to go to the point karate. Another one, the guy want to knock you out. So yeah. you have to have put a lot of more courage, more spirits, more like a focus in the training and the yeah. transition of the jiu-jitsu. I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu. I'm not so so good as a as a as a jiu-jitsu competition guys, but I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu too. So I think this is the the point that's for me is a, the biggest challenge. You know, that transition that I that I yeah. that I made from karate to MMA. That's interesting. Yeah, because you know, like you said, it's not just like you said, a black belt in jujitsu and a black belt in karate, but your karate, like you said with your brother, your karate is up here compared to yeah. everybody else. Yeah. And it makes so much sense to go that direction. And I love this side of things too, being an instructor myself. And I know you talk about this too in on the website and some interviews. What that does for you as in being an instructor, your journey as a martial artist. And can you go into that aspect of being that flow of you're the instructor teaching helps you understand not just two dimensionally three but four dimensionally the techniques you go into that side the teaching side oh for me teaching is a is a, is a part of like uh, myself because i think it's very important when i teach you know i bring outside what i learn as well so i'd like yeah. to share you know with my students the same feeling that i that i have so karate like uh, brought a lot of things to me no, for me, it's a little difficult to talk a little bit about that because I grew up with a karate environment. But yeah. when I teach a person and I can make their life is better through karate, I feel like so happy you know, because to contribute for that life to make, oh, my life is much better now. I can sleep better. I can eat healthy. You know, my relationship with my family is is better now because I train karate. Right. So and you, you teach the kids and you you see some report from the parents and tell us like, uh, oh, my kid's now so much confidence, you no. Know? And before he's so shy and now he has like a more confidence to talk. So he, he was yeah. afraid to play in the park because there is a lot of other kids. And now he, he play by by himself with like a no no scare no afraid of the other kids so for for me this is a i feel like uh so happy you know to contribute for the for the community community you know and to make their lives better through karate i love that and i love that you brought that up too because like kids well uh, not just kids but adults everybody when are doing any martial arts karate jiu-jitsu you know so on and so forth Yes, you're learning self-defense. Yes, you're learning uh, it's a good workout. It's a community. But the personal, how it affects your life. It goes into your regular life. And like you just said there, you know, someone was shy before and now they're going on stage in front of a crowd. And I'm glad you brought that side of it up because that is almost like a, a very important and nice side effect outside of obviously training. Yeah, that's I felt here in the academy now every day. So, and for me, it's, it's, it's very very important though know, because karate is not only to like uh, to training to be good in the technique now you combine the all three aspects you know this yeah. the mind like the technique and the body as well so and um, i think this is the part of it and you use a lot of like uh, the the japanese philosophy you know from traditional karate you keep that because i think it's very important you know, because yeah. not everybody want to be a fighter like if you can see like a 5% of our group, maybe less, it's going to be a 
competing or want to be a fighter, you know, yeah. but they can be a fighter in their everyday life. They can use, like, uh, the karate, they can use everything in their personal life, like, uh, every day. And mindset's such a big, big part of it. Like you mentioned earlier, I believe in one of your favorite movies is Last Samurai. Yeah, I love, I love Last Samurai because they give a lot of things about this mindset, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah there is one, like, a Mushin, for example, that yeah. I just mentioned. In the last samurai movie, when the Tom Cruise was training with the one of the Japanese, and the Japanese beat him all the time, you no? Know? Yes, yeah. Because the Tom Cruise and the other Japanese say, "Oh, stop thinking, stop thinking, just act yeah. and react." And they came and can become a draw, because yeah. the level, the technique, the level almost the same, but Tom Cruise he was. Thinking too much, oh, what the technique I have to do? I have to do this, this, this. When they forget everything and focus there, the moment present, the present moment, he become a draw because technically you are almost the same level. Yeah, mindset's everything. And speaking sort of celebrities in this part of the interview, I'm sure you can help us explain this picture right here a little bit. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, that's uh, like a most 11 years old, yes, 11 or yeah. 10 years ago. We and my brother went here in like a, in the, close to Santa Monica, I think Brandwood, California. Now we visited him. He called my brother, and I was with him too. And we came together, and he started sharing his technique. You now he's a, I think he's six dan in Aikido, seven day in Aikido. Oh, he's real, yeah, he's real tough guy. He's very mm. tall, yeah. so. And he shared the technique with us. It was so funny that day because he has a mansion, you know, a big house, and, wow. and a lot of like uh, the phone call all the time, you know, to talk to him. <laughs> and me and Yuri, one of my friends as well, we were there. And he shared the technique here, the phone call. He answered the phone and come here, come back to the technique. <laughs> and you have a, like a, a, a lunch together. Was so fun that day. That's fun. It's just amazing, you know, your guys' journey too. And this is the part of the show as we're kind of coming to a close in the interview. I, this is the part where I love to ask, like, what does the future look like for you? Your future goals, whether it's the school, training, or anything else. What are your future goals here? Yeah, we are based here in California, mm -hmm. you know, in South Bay, Torrance. And our academy is Nobita, it's very close to Torrance here. So I become a, like I can, I can say it's a part of Torrance. So my my goal is continue the the work here in the academy, you know, to share my knowledge, to share what I teaching, uh, to share what I learn as well. So prepare like I have a, like a two fighters here, like a Weber, Almeida, yeah. and the Bruno. You know, those guys are is an MMA fighter. So Weber fight to the Bellator, Bruno fight to LFA, but he's very he's a I, 10 and 1 is you want to become a, like a UFC fighter so I think it's wow. very close to here to that so it's my my, my goal is to increase the Machida Karate you have like a 9 association around the United States you know include one in Japan and one yeah. in Australia too so it's, it's spread you know the Machida methodology is one of my goals yeah. yeah, and continue my my work here at Academy because I feel very happy to 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 share you know, the karate methodology that includes the mind and the body and the technique with my students and with the instructor that they can share as well with their students. I love that. That's awesome. 
before we end off here, I want to say all social media. Definitely go check out MachitaKarate.com. Uh, Machita Virtual Dojo is good too. Like uh, one of the, our online platform, they can access there. And they have like a some days trial for free. And they can see if they enjoy, they can sign up. And they're going to learn through online platform. And Is that through your website or? Is that, no, it's a Machida Virtual Dojo. Man, Chenzo, thank you so much for taking time. It's an absolute pleasure talking with you. And not only is this good for martial arts, but just you're like one of the best guys to invite on the show because this goes into every aspect of different life, different jobs, you know, it can apply to everybody. So thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you, Tom. Thank you for me. It's a pleasure. You know, I have a message to the people here for your audience. So it's very important you know you keep your goal in your mind. You know, and persist in that goal. Even sometimes like you have more challenge, you fail for some parts, but you have to change it and adjust, but persist. Persist that thing for sure. You have to be realistic and see if it is possible to happen. But if it is possible to happen, I think you have to continue, persist, study. If you fail, get up, yeah. continue, and you're going to get that. Amazing. Thank you, my sister. Thank you, Tom. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thanks for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Warrior's Edge podcast. For more great talks and interviews on all things martial arts, be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platforms. And if you're ever in our area, you're welcome to come in and train with us at our academy, Olympus Grappling Arts. Until the next one, keep listening and keep training.